Oh, hi, I'm Sadwater, and this is Sadcast episode 87. Here we go, another week, another week of craziness, another week of me thinking there's not going to be much to talk about, but looking at my uh, bookmarks, there is, there is, there's always, there's a lot of, there's a lot to talk about. Um, well, uh, one is uh, they stole the election from Bernie, or they're trying to. I usually don't talk about day-to-day politics on here because it's boring, but but actually this time it's it's not. So the first caucuses were, the Iowa caucuses were last night, and typically the polls or whatever you want to call it close, and an hour later you pretty much have the results. You know, we we live in times with technology where you can be efficient and all that, but but last night there wasn't and it's still we're we're in the next day right now we're in the middle of the next day and still there are no results of last night's caucuses do you want to know why do you want to know why first of all let me just check the news yeah the n- <laughs> it's it's uh right now at the time of recording 12 12 pacific time and no look bernie i don't like Bernie I don't like any of them I'm not a I'm not a Democrat but I'm not a liar either and Bernie is being robbed right now do you want to know why he's not a Democrat and the and and also I think the Democrats and the Democratic Party totally resents him for destroying their party he changed the makeup of it and now they are all crazy, crazy left. There's no more moderate Democrats. It doesn't exist anymore within the Democratic Party, and it's because they all adopted Bernie Sanders' uh, policies and politics. But that's besides the point. They wanted to do everything. They wanted to use all of their tricks, all of their dirty tricks to to get him to lose. So they all knew. We all knew. Everyone knew. You 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 look at the betting sites, you look at everything. You look at all the pundits, all the people on TV talking yesterday. Everyone knew Bernie was going to win Iowa. But when uh you can control the narrative of things, that is more powerful than the outcome of an election. So rather than letting him get the airtime and the mo- ride the momentum of a win, which, again, he should have came out and said, you know what, fuck it, I won. But rather than let him control that narrative for a week, because the next one is next week in New Hampshire, which he will win also, and then, you know, their their candidate, which is Biden, is, is fucked, and, uh, or even their runner-ups, like Buttigieg, who's CIA, which I'll get to that in a second, uh, they uh, they basically just lose all their power, but they the 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 crazy thing is is that they have their tricks, and I mentioned that earlier. But the 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 craziest thing is that I didn't realize that they weren't counting the results how like how they usually have again, which is again it, it's efficient. They the, you get the results in an hour. What they did was they used an app to aggregate all the the counties and the tal- and to tally it all up and and uh but you know who owns or ran that app? Hillary Clinton's former campaign manage- manager Roger Mook or no, what's his name? Not Roger. Maybe it is. Robbie, Robbie Mook. And uh and you know who donated to it? <laughs> you know who who um who donated to it? Um, Pete Buttigieg, twice. <laughs> he into the company Shadow Inc. I mean that that's like naming that company Shadow Inc. is kind of like an uh, if if you're being spied by the FBI and and you know how they usually have in movies like a van that says flower truck and it's hanging outside of your house for a whole week and you know it's not the flower truck. Or the pizza delivery van or whatever. Uh, but it's even lazier than if they tried to make it look like a flower truck. A flower delivery truck. It, it, it's as if they had a van spying on you that said, um, not the FBI. 
So Shadow Inc. is the company that was behind this app that totally had a totally mal- malfunctioned. And the crazy thing is, is that is that um, they just changed the whole narrative. The, the narrative now is not that Bernie won, which we all know he won, but that uh, no one won. And you know what? Let's just forget Iowa and move on to the next thing. And let's see if Bernie, uh, if uh, Biden can win that one, which he won't. Look at the look at the betting odds. I'll look at it right now. The betting odds are saying that and Biden was up for months. He was the number one. Biden is number two at at uh, 19.6% to get the nomination. And you know who's first? Bernie Sanders with 40%. That that would have been unfathomable to the mainstream media even even a week ago, even two weeks ago. But Biden is a fake candidate. He is a guy clearly suffering from some sort of dementia and uh, someone who looks way older than his age. What is he, 72 or 77? But he looks older. Joe Biden. Let's see how old he is. Because Bernie Sanders is old too, but he has energy. He had a heart attack and he's still running for president. And I'm not defending him. Yeah, Joe Biden's 77, but he is he's acting like a 90-year-old. And he has handlers helping him and all that. But yeah, Pete Buttigieg paid Shadow Inc., the company that twice he sent money twice to them the company that made that app and uh which brings to mind that i've had this theory for a while and other people are catching on that pete Buttigieg is a cia asset you want him you want me to take it even further i don't even think he's gay i i think that he will do anything and say anything to to be president he is so inauthentic I don't think he's capable of being acting like a real human being. I don't think he knows how. In every every election, there's a guy like that. But this guy, I've never seen someone take it this far. Like Hillary Clinton, when she ran, she 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 uh, in some interviews with black people, she would change her accent to sound more ethnic. It's really weird. You can find that, and she would do those sorts of th- sorts of things. But this guy, this guy is like an alien, who who watched a couple documentaries on humanity and was like, okay, I got it. I don't need to watch the rest and is trying to be human like uh, Mark Zuckerberg, which brings to mind another thing. Uh, Pete Buttigieg was in Harvard the same time that Mark Zuckerberg was. And Pete Buttigieg was the 300th user on Facebook, the 300th uh, Facebook user. This guy has been groomed forever. He's a Rhodes Scholar. Look at all the Rhodes Scholars that that go into politics. They're all CIA. He uh, got into the military so he can have that on his resume. But not not only that, if you find a tweet from his from a couple years ago, he hints at the fact that he's in the intelligence community. So this dude is CIA. I I kind of half-jokingly say he's not really gay, but the other side, the other part of me says, like, no, I don't actually think he's gay. I really don't. He might be asexual. He he, just, <laughs> he might be asexual, and he's like, you know what? I can use this to my advantage. I'll just tell people I'm gay. That's more relatable than saying I'm asexual. But uh, he he is uh, such a phony and uh, so unlikable. And he last night claimed victory, by the way. He claimed victory. I know this might be a little bit boring to some of you, but... It is pretty interesting if you look at it. So don't look at it as politics. Just look at it as strategy. And when you look at it as strategy, it becomes very interesting. So imagine knowing the outcome of an of a, an election beforehand, right? So everyone knew Bernie was going to win the Iowa caucus. Everyone knew. Now imagine having the power to not cheat in the election but cheat in the messaging after in in a way where you can structure the the narrative to your liking so no one would have believed that he lost and and it would have been kind of hard to rig that he lost but you can rig the narrative and and hijack the narrative trump is really really good at doing that 
when you look at how he operates with giving people nicknames like Mini Mike Bloomberg, then th- then all you can really think about is not his his um his past accomplishments in politics or business, but in his stature and his size. That's all you can think about. He did it in 2016, and people just didn't understand what Trump was doing. They laughed at it. They laughed at his mo- the monikers he gave people, but that is the surface level that's just on the surface so a nickname is funny on 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 the surface but it goes deeper than that meaning it changes the way you think of people after especially when it's something that uh, is uh it, it it's impossible to change like it's inherent about that person like uh what was it? Little Marco in 2016 when he called Marco Rubio Little Marco. And then you started to notice he, he was wearing shoes that were an inch taller or two inches taller on the you know platform or something on the shoes. And then you're like, oh, yeah, he is. Or low energy Jeb, Jeb Bush. And where people saw Jeb before, they saw him as a level-headed guy, someone who can keep his, his cool and, and he's calm and collected. But after that, because he wasn't so boisterous, you just looked at Jeb as someone who's who's lightweight and low energy. And it's funny. But then you start questioning their their leadership skills. So so the the the, the left, I mean, the the um the Democratic Party, the leaders, the real leaders, the behind-the-scenes kind of people are taking note in Trump's tactics. But but for some reason, this just seems more covert and nefarious. This seems, this seems pretty evil. Whereas Trump just changed the narrative by, by changing on what people report on, by, by just saying something that sounds crazy, and they, t- they take the bait. This... They, <laughs> they hijack, they hijack an app, and they just don't tell people the results. And then people, since we move on pretty quickly, and we have short, kind of, we have short attention spans with certain things. Like we can listen to a long three-hour Joe Rogan podcast, but when it comes to the news cycle, the news cycle lasts very. It's 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 so quick. So in a in t- tomorrow, I'm guessing tomorrow when they announce the results of of the Iowa election uh it's already going to be old news and it doesn't matter and and it's kind of like no one no one can trust the results after after 2 days of not knowing so it's already old news it doesn't matter it did the the 40 delegates didn't matter or 44 delegates didn't matter it was more about the momentum you get from a win and now no one has it so really the people who were going to lose yesterday uh won they won let's move on so um, I watched parts of the Super Bowl just because it's it's uh, important to know what's going on in culture and in entertainment. And uh, I'm very worried since politics is downstream from culture and I'm upset where I'm upset with culture all the time and entertainment all the time. I got to pay attention to things, not to be a busybody that's like that, that, that writes letters and says, can you believe that they let JLo and Shakira show their asses and kids are watching and whatever? Like, look, kids, kids are watching way worse things, but it's the programming behind it. It's, it's crazy how susceptible to brainwash we all are. I try to notice things sooner rather than later and be ahead of it and see what they're trying to do but we're all susceptible to it we're 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 we we're all victims of it because we're not really good at pattern recognition we're not really good at any of these things we think we are but we're not and uh the the look the the nudity and all that kind of stuff was bad but again you can see way worse things online but it's not about that First and foremost, for me, it's the it's the type of it's the type of entertainment we're consuming and considering good. So, so is this 
the pinnacle of entertainment. Typically, when we think of Super Bowl halftime, yes, it's not really relevant people like last year was Adam Levine. I wouldn't say he's super relevant. But you have hundreds of millions of people watching it. So I guess in a sense it is kind of relevant. And the shit that we're consuming as people is very worrisome. I'll give you an example. We all have guilty pleasures, and I guess mine is to laugh at really fat, obese people. I mean really obese people. And over the weekend I binged five episodes of A Thousand Pound Sisters on TLC. So one sister, Tammy, is 600 pounds. <laughs> and one sister, Amy. So do you, do you notice where the mom went? So I think I think maybe Tammy's the older. No, Amy's maybe the older one. And she didn't she couldn't it doesn't matter who's older, but my point is is that Amy is is half of Tammy in weight too. But uh the name Tammy and Amy the the mother just really didn't want to put thought into naming their her kids. So I've been watching that. And I know it's bad. But it's it's funny. Like I don't care about them at all. You know, you watch those shows and you kind of hope that they lose the weight and whatever, but but really I don't care. And and I think that it's so funny that that the 600 pound one is almost bedridden and can't walk and and uh can't go downstairs because she uses a walker or like look i know that all that is is because they've probably been abused as a child as children but i i really don't care because i mean and it, the tammy complains all the time She's a victim all the time. Her sister is 400 pounds. She's 600 pounds, but her sister doesn't know what it feels like to be 600 pounds. And her sister uh, 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 scolds her all the time. And Tammy's the victim here. It's, you know, you know when, when people can complain about racism and you really, like, like we're, we're living in a pretty good time where most people aren't racist anymore. There's always going to be some sort of form of racism. But you really can't help yourself if you were born black. You you can't. So you might experience some things that kind of suck. Or me that I'm a Jew. I mean, I guess you can't really tell. It's not 100% like being black. But fat, that's all on you. After a certain point, I mean, you have to take things into your own hands. I mean, that's all on you. And th- these two girls are, I think, retarded. I think... They are, if they committed a crime punishable by death, I don't think that, that they that they would qualify because they're so dumb. You can't put to death, a, it depends on the state, but if there's a de- death penalty in, in most states and someone is genuinely low IQ, uh, you can't put them to death because they're considered retarded. I think these girls are considered retarded, but that's besides the whole point. I was using the Thousand Pound Sisters as an example of the entertainment we consume. And the ha- Super Bowl halftime show is the pinnacle of entertainment. It's it's a lot of people, a lot of famous people try to get it. And I suspect that that they gave it to Shakira and J-Lo, be, be, not, that, not because they're relevant, but because they are Hispanic, but they, they're likable to white people, who most people that watch the Super Bowl are white. And they're like, they... they kind of appease the the woke politics of everything. So they got two females, two Hispanic females and and yeah, but these girl they, they haven't had a hit in 20 years. Um but but the worst of it in my opinion was the subliminal messaging. So that apart with kids in cages and that they didn't say it outright but when they had the eleven-year-olds, all the all of them girls, by the way, all of them girls who were right before that, J Lo and the other one, Shakira, they were gyrating on on um, stripper poles and and touching their vaginas and all that, and then they bring out all these eleven-year-old girls, which is pretty bizarre, and then some of them are in cages that are made out of light. Now. What does that subliminally tell you? Oh, kids in cages. Oh, Trump. 
puts kids in cages, which we all know is bullshit. We all know it was Obama who did that. And by the way, even that is not a bad thing in my opinion. When you have all these kids crossing the border with um, people who you don't know, like you you literally don't know who they're crossing the border with is their family. You just don't know because there's big business in human and child trafficking. And sometimes uh, parents are just like, fuck it, we can't go, but we'll send our kid and we'll send them with uh, a person whose job it is to take the kid across the border with them. So when you, as a border patrol... Uh, detain these people you got to separate them because you can't put them with adults especially if you really look at the the rate of rapes so what are you supposed to do you're supposed to put them in in a cage or and i and this whole notion that it's a cage it's they're detained it's like a jail it's not a cage are we complaining about the people the three million people in prison in the united states are we calling that those cages, especially when they're in, um, uh, what's it called with, what's it called with, um, isolation? What's it when, when, when they're in by themselves in a, in a jail? I, well, I can't remember right now, whatever. Well, no one's complaining about that. So they did the subliminal messaging with kids in cages and, um, and yeah, and th- this again, it's, it's, it reminds me of the whole Iowa caucus thing last night. It's when you take control of the narrative, it's it sends a subliminal message to the masses and it, it which is, oh, it's a crapshoot, no one won. When in reality, we all know Bernie won. And I'm not defending him. I don't like him. I'm just stating the 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 reality of it all. But uh, another thing about the the Super Bowl thing is you got some commercials uh Olay, the the women, uh, the makeup company, Olay, they uh, they had, who do they have in that commercial? Whatever, they had three woke people of color, women, saying that women can do everything. Women can code. Women can fly to space and, and be astronauts and all these things because, you know, they're really being held back. They're really, be- there's so much patriarchy out there that they're really being held back. It's not the fact that their interests are completely different than men. It's that there is um, the Illuminati. It's called the patriarchy, and it's holding women back. So, you know, we got those commercials on TV and all that, which imagine watching the Super Bowl to watch commercials. Imagine watching something for the commercials, especially in, a, in, in, in this day and age where we don't have to watch commercials anymore. But you do it. You watch the commercials because, it, it uh, you know, some of them tug at your heartstrings, and some of them are nostalgia. Some of them are nostalgic, like the the Bill Murray Jeep one or the Walmart one with all of the, you know, with the guy from Bill and Ted and Mars Attacks and, and literally everything. But, um, you know, so the other the other part of the narrative is women should should be respected and not objectified. Cut to Super Bowl halftime show where women are objectified. I love it that that um, no, they're not objectified because it was their choice. That's what they wanted to do. They wanted to pole dance and they wanted to do all these things and be half naked and touch their vaginas and all that. Really, do they really want to? Especially at fifty years old, forty-two and fifty years old. Also, who is this hot for? Okay, so let's just say we're making this hot. We're making the Super Bowl halftime show hot. This has to be hot because we got mostly men watching this. Who is this hot for? J-Lo looks like a tranny. She's 50 years old with a ton of plastic surgery. At that point, you look like a tranny. Yes, she has a good body, especially for that age, but her face is kind of mannish. And um, I don't know. I just... I, 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 It's mixed messaging to me, and it's all disingenuous. That's kind of the whole thing about woke... The woke message. It's all hip, uh, hypocrisy. It's it's, and it's uh, it's the messaging. It's all mixed. It's all mixed. But um, this kind of brings me to white privilege and white guilt, which is it goes hand in hand with with woke politics. So I found an article today 
that says, why liberal white women pay a lot of money to, lear to learn over dinner how they're racist. So let's see this article. This is from The Guardian. And uh, a growing number of women are paying to confront their privilege and racism at dinners that cost $2,500. Hey, if you're paying $2,500 for a dinner to be told that you're racist and you have white privilege, I mean, you kind of admit that you're someone with some sort of privilege by um, paying $2,500 for a dinner. I've never paid $2,500 for a dinner. I've never done, I've never, I can't even dream of doing that. Uh, whatever, let's go on. It says, uh, freshly made pasta is drying up. Oh my God, this is a whole thing. Of course, just get to the point. Give me the, give me, oh my God, and they're reading a book and a picture. It says, white fragility. Why it's so hard for white people to talk about racism? <sighs> what year are we living in? I mean, we're living in the most accepting, especially in Western civilization. We're living in the most accept. Also, we ended slavery. Like, we're the ones who ended slavery, the slave trade and all that. Why do we hate ourselves so much? Where's this guilt coming from? This is such crazy programming. So it says, freshly made pasta is drying on the wooden banisters. Okay, if you have a banister, that's another hint that you're privileged. I don't know what a banister is. Banisters lining the hall of a beautiful home in Denver, Colorado. Fox hunting photos decorate the walls in a room full of books. A fire is burning. Hey, I like the aesthetic of this. A fire is burning. And downstairs, a group of liberal white women have gathered around a long wooden table to admit how racist they are. Wow. By the way, I'm a little bit racist towards um, the Asians, the Chinese. I don't really like them. And I don't, I don't think it's a bad thing. I still judge people individually by their character but some stereotypes are true and it's a it's good to have it's a it's a good filter it's it's called intuition you guys it's called intuition these things exist for a reason so uh it says recently i oh so this is a quote recently i have been driving around seeing a black person having an assumption that they are up to no good says allison Gubser. okay well first of all Despite being only 13% of the population, 50% of the murders are committed by... Um, all right. And then she goes on to say, immediately after, I am like, that's no good. This is a human just doing their thing. Why do I think that? Because you're trying to suppress your natural instincts. Your natural instincts are bad. They're wrong. You think the wrong opinions. I love asking people what opinion do you think that you don't like to say out loud or that you don't say out loud? Do you, do you even think anything that you're not supposed to say out loud? That's a good question to ask yourself because, uh, I mean, I, for one, I actually say everything that's on my mind. I don't really hide anything. Clearly I don't hide anything, but most people do. Most people are afraid to speak up. Most people are afraid to confront their biases or anything like that. And I don't think that those are bad things. We all have it. It's funny how minor so-called minorities are allowed to be racist against white people, but vice versa, you you can't allow it. Um, and it's also funny considering white people are pretty much the minority in the whole world. If you look at demographics, white people aren't the mi the majority of the whole world. We're not. So, um. Let me continue because this is a funny article, and I'm actually reading it. I saved this. I haven't. I didn't read this beforehand. This is race to dinner. A white woman volunteer, volunteers to host a dinner in her home for seven other white women, often strangers, perhaps acquaintances. Each dinner costs two thousand five hundred dollars, which can be covered by a generous host or divided among among guests. A frank discussion is led by co-founder Regina. Jackson, who is black, and Sarah, Sarah Rao, who, oh, she blocked me. She blocked me on Twitter. She's one of the funniest people on Twitter, and I'm so bummed she blocked me. Sarah Rao, who identifies as Indian American. I don't care what she identifies as. What is she? A lot of people are identifying as things that they aren't. How convenient. So it says, uh, they started Race to Dinner. By the way, they're making money. They're making money. 
That's what this is all about. I want to make money off guilty white people. They started Race to Dinner to challenge liberal white women to accept their racism, however subconscious. (laughs) Imagine being subconsciously racist, but being really nice to everyone outside, you know, consciously. You're consciously nice to everyone, but subconsciously something is lurking beneath the shadows of your consciousness. So it says, uh, if you did this in an... In a conference room, they'd leave, Rao says, but wealthy white women have been taught never to leave the dinner table. Okay. What does that mean? Rao and Jackson believe white liberal women are the most receptive audience because they are open to changing their behavior. Well, yeah, they are. They're they're open to changing their nature. They're open to. I love how this is the 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 political party of science, but they literally literally go against everything that is uh comes to them naturally. Like they will buy into the fact that a dude with a beard that is balding can call himself a woman, and that is a woman. They will totally buy it. They will buy it. They will pretend. They will pretend along with everyone else. I won't. I think it's ridiculous. So then it says uh. They don't bother with the 53% of white women who voted for Trump. I like how they don't consider, kind of like the pro-life people, uh, the pro-life women, they don't consider those people women. Or or women who decide to be stay-at-home moms and homemakers. They They don't consider those people women. It's bizarre. Especially, look, 53% of white women who vote, that's, that's more than half the, the country. And then it goes on to say, white men, they feel, are similarly a lost cause. White men are never going to change anything. If they were, they would have done it by now, Jackson says. What do you want to change? What do you really hate about this country? Uh, It says, white women, on the other hand, are uniquely placed to challenge racism because of their proximity to power and wealth, Jackson says. If uh, Jackson says, uh, if they don't hold these positions themselves, the white men in power are often their family, friends, and partners. How convenient to hate on something that has given you the best life ever. Did you read the description of the house that they're in? And, and, and um, you know, hating on that. I love it. It seems unlikely anyone would voluntarily go to a dinner party in which they'd be asked one by one, what was a racist thing you did recently by two women of color? Before appetizers, before appetizers served. But Jackson and Rao have hardly been able to take a break since they started these dinners in the spring of 2019. So far, 15 dinners have been held in big cities across the U.S. Okay, so let's do 15, and then there's seven women. So about seven women times 2,500 equals $17,500 per dinner times 15 equals $262,500. They're making money. They are making money with this. I am jealous. I am jealous. The The women who sign up for these dinners are not who most would see as racist. They are well-read and well-meaning. Hence, they are not racist. They are mostly Democrats. Some have adopted black children. Not racist. Many have partners who are people of color. Not racist. Some have been doing work towards inclusivity and diversity for decades. Not racist. But they acknowledge they also have unchecked biases. Yeah, that's called intuition. Which, as much as you want to fight it, you can't. They are part... uh, They are there because they know they are part of the problem and want to be part of the solution. As host Jess Campbell Swanson says before dinner starts. Campbell Swanson comes across as an overly keen college student applying for a prestigious internship. She can go on for days about her work as a political consultant, but when it comes to talking about racism, she chokes. I want, she says, I want to hire people of color, not because I want to, I want want to be a white savior. I have explored my need for validation. I have worked, I'm I'm, sorry, I'm working through that. Yeah, um, I'm struggling. She stutters before finally giving up. These people are so broken. It's almost like they want to be racist so they can fix something. It's almost like they have deeper problems in life, but um, confronting those problems and, and actually fixing them is harder than fixing this thing. 
being racist, being secretly racist. These people have the right to vote, by the way. Uh, Across from Campbell Swanson, Morgan Richards... Why don't they let men in this, by the way? Across from uh, Campbell Swanson, Morgan Richards admits she recently did nothing when someone patronizingly commended her for adopting her two black children as though she had saved them. Well, yeah, she did. She brought them into a loving, beautiful home. Of course she saved them. By the way, I was thinking about this earlier. So... Uh, there was a video going around that Beyonce and Jay-Z did not stand for the national anthem. And the, these people, these are the people who not only hate white people, but hate America. They hate America. And it's, and again, how convenient to hate America after the fact, after becoming billionaires, both of them, billionaires. They hate America. This is literally the only place in the world that this could have happened for them. Hence, millions of people are accepting of them and them as artists and geniuses, I don't think they are, but millions of people do and buy into it and, 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 and give them money because they like them and they like them for what they put out. But, but after it, after the fact of becoming billionaires, you hate America. You hate America so much that you don't stand for the national anthem. It's fucking crazy. Not only that, but think about it like this. You weren't slaves. Maybe your ancestors were. And their sacrifices, I mean, they didn't have a choice, obviously, but everything before your birth, that was, that, that, that's, uh, it's, it's amazing all that happened before. And then you, you, you overcome all the odds and become billionaires and then hate the country that, that, that allowed for that. Not only that, but. It's, think about it like this. I was thinking about this too. If your ancestors weren't slaves, and you are African American, um, and you eventually were born, you were born, and there was no slavery, right? Like the slave, slave trade never happened, none of that ever happened. You would have been born in Africa. Go see how well they're doing. Africa's a shithole. And I know it's a continent, but the whole continent is a shithole. All the countries within it are failed states. All of them are ran by corrupt uh, dictators who get paid off with the foreign aid that we send there. So they take all the foreign aid, they become billionaires, and everyone else lives like shit. There's no free market. There is nothing there. It's as if most of the, the, the countries in that continent are in the stone age. So you hate America, but your the alternative would have been and you hate America's past, which you know what? If we're progressing, we're going to we're getting better, right? And clearly certain in certain aspects we are getting better. I wouldn't say in art or entertainment or te- or, or I mean technology we are, but in um in in none of you know in art architecture, none of that. We're not getting better. But but everything else in quality of life, we kind of are. So the alternative for you would have been to be born in a shithole country in Africa. But you hate the United States. And it goes it goes with this too. You know, with this girl with this woman who uh adopted two black people and doesn't like to think of her as a savior. She is a savior. Anyone who adopts any kid, you're a savior. The alternative would have sucked. I like how we can we can pretend like uh, adopting a dog from a kill shelter. You're allowed to say you um, rescued them, but you can't say that about anyone you adopt. You didn't. Re- you, no adoption. That's not rescuing. I like how we're putting dogs higher on the pedestal. So then it goes on to say, "What I went through to be a mother, I didn't care if they were black." She says, opening a window for our to challenge her. Uh. So you admit it is stooping low to adopt a black child, and Richards accepts that the undertone of her statement is racist. So everything, everything's always going to be racist. As more confessions like this are revealed, Rao and Jackson seem to press those they think can take it, while emphasizing with those who can't. Well, uh, well done for recognizing that, Jackson says, to soothe one, one, one woman. We are all part of the problem. We have to get comfortable with that 
to uh, with that to become part of the solution. And then it talks about spaghetti and all that. <laughs> oh, and then it goes on to talk about that woman who blocked me, one of the organizers of, the, of this. And, um, and uh, it says, a lot of people hate Sarah, Sarah Rao. And then it reads uh, one of her recent tweets. The American flag makes me sick. R uh, read a recent tweet of hers. Another, white folks, before telling me that your Indian husband or wife or friend or colleagues, uh, colleague doesn't agree with anything I say about racism or thinks I'm crazy, please Google token. Internalized oppression and gaslighting. This woman is sick, by the way. This is her whole life. But uh, you know what? Again... I don't fault her for it. She makes a ton of money. This is a really long article, and I'm done reading. I'm done reading it. But this is the state. This is the utter state of where we're at. This is crazy. Um, and another, in other news of white guilt and white privilege, is um, is is Joaquin Phoenix, who I loved as the Joker. And who I think is one of the best actors living today. But he's really positioning himself for for an Oscar win. He really, really, really wants to win this uh, award. So at the BAFTAs, which is the British, uh, basically the British Oscars this past weekend, he gave a speech accepting his award. 10.3 million views. Let's listen to what he has to say. By the way, uh, uh, before I get to this, it's funny. Just because you get a lot of attention because you're a famous actor doesn't mean you're smart. You're not getting the attention because you're a smart person or a deep thinker. Don't confuse those two things. So if you're a famous actor listening to this, don't confuse those two things because it's completely different. You're just famous. We know you because we watch you in movies and TV shows and all that. doesn't mean you're smart. Just because you can remember your lines an act human on screen doesn't mean you're smart. So let's hear what Joaquin Phoenix has to say. Uh, I feel very honored and privileged uh, to be here tonight. Baptists have always been very supportive of, of my career, and I'm deeply appreciative. <clears throat> but I have to say that I also feel um, conflicted because so many of my fellow actors that are deserving don't have that same privilege. Uh, I think that we send a very clear message to people of color that you're not welcome here. Um, I think that's the message that we're sending to people that have contributed uh, so much to our medium and our industry and in ways that we benefit from. Um, <clears throat> I don't think anybody wants a uh, a handout or preferential treatment, although that's what we give ourselves every year. I think that people just want to be acknowledged and appreciated and respected for, for their work. This is not a self-righteous condemnation because uh, I'm ashamed to say that I'm part of the problem. I have not uh, done everything in my power to ensure that the sets I work on are inclusive, uh, but I think that it's more than just having sets that are multicultural. Imagine seeing other people, especially your peers, as nothing but a different color. So you focus on that. You give them awards because of that. You give them nominations because of that. What happened to May the Best Man Win? Systematic racism. Okay. Uh, you're, you're giving an award out based on talent, not skin color. They want to do the opposite, which to me seems a little bit more racist than, uh, you know, people getting nominated for for their work. So let's uh, let's continue. I think that um, we have to really do the the hard work to truly understand systemic racism. Um, I uh, <clears throat> I think that it is the obligation of the people that have created and perpetuate and benefit from a system of oppression to be the ones that dismantle it. So that's on us. Thank you. Who's being oppressed? Again, 
I think I mentioned this in the Golden Globes thing, but you're all rich. Very, you know how many people get to make money from acting or being an artist in general? Not very many. So just because someone didn't get nominated for an award that's going to sit on your mantle and collect dust for the rest of your life, that means that there is a racism, systematic racism. Are you kidding me? That is beyond stupid. What planet do these people live on? Where is this true? Again, it would be more racist to give someone a nomination or an award based on their skin color. There, this whole thing about um, about what's it called? What did he say? What did he say? Inclusivity is it's a hoax. It's a hoax. First of all, there's more white people in the United States and in the United Kingdom. There's more white people. I mean, what do you want? I, 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 what is the solution, actually? I would love to ask that. What is the solution? So you're supposed to, you're supposed to have diversity hires? That's not really going well in, in Harvard. Do you know what they're doing, what they've done in Harvard? Um, 40,000 people a year try to get into Harvard. And um, they started to notice that most of the people getting accepted, or a big chunk of them, was uh, Asians, Asian Americans. Hey, and they're uh, they're doing pretty well in the United States, especially considering all the racism going on. They're doing really well. They're doing better than white people. They have high IQ. They're the Asians are very high IQ. So no wonder they're getting to into what happened to meritocracy. So no wonder they're getting into Harvard. But you know what they started to do in Harvard? They uh, started accepting fewer Asians and accepting more black people. I I thought that, again, may the best man win. May the best man get in. But no, that's what happens with um, with uh, inclusivity and div- diversity. And, uh, yeah. It's, this is just super bizarre. Uh, so the the woman who directed uh, Honey Boy, the Shia LaBeouf movie, she tweeted, correct me if I'm wrong, but this is the first time in a long time I see a white man use the stage he's given to say what we all need to hear. Yeah, we all need to hear this bullshit. She says, we mostly hear women speak up, and this is encouraging and will help our work. Thank you, Joaquin. Sure, 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 sure. Um. Wait, man, I I uh, I thought I screenshotted it, but someone someone said uh, someone else said something like, uh, "Didn't Brie Larson get in trouble for saying this?" And now Joaquin is not like even even in their so-called wins, there there can't be any wins. Also, Brie Larson's a bitch. Um, so the last of of the news this week that I want to go over is uh is Rush Limbaugh. So so. I'm not even a listener of Rush. Supposedly, he's one of the few remaining talented people in AM radio. I mean, the guy makes millions of millions of dollars a year. He's been doing this for 30 years. He's he's basically the first conservative radio talk show host, the first political commentator to to um to get really big on the radio. I mean, he invented the medium. So news came out that, uh, well, actually, he, on his show, he announced that he has lung cancer. And, um, you know, of course, the Internet where people can be disgusting without repercussion. They can be heartless and inhumane. They, um, under that tweet that Huffington Post posted, um, I uh, screenshotted some comments. So this is from tolerant, the tolerant liberal left. Uh, This is from... The, you know, they're lovey-dovey types of people, right? You know, people who, who, um, you know, when we go, when they go low, we go high, right? So I'm going to read you some of their comments. Rush Limbaugh built his career on being the nastiest voice in the room. He attacked the most vulnerable, those who were suffering or in dire need. Okay, cool. No proof. You just say things. Uh, My faith tells me. To love one another, I should have compassion. I confess I'm struggling 
with this one. That's actually one of the nicer hateful things. Um, all right. The next one says, uh, praise God, and I do mean it. So many decent people are, are lost to cancer. This guy needs to be gone. Uh, there are few people I would feel this way about, but I would be disingenuous. It would be disingenuous of me to not admit that the world will be a better, better place with no limba. Nothing of value will be lost. The real cancer is all the people that are glad he has cancer. That is true. That is actually a point that I like, and I screenshotted it. Uh, he used those lungs to spew hate, so this is payback. Okay. Uh, at least one of my prayers was answered. At le- it seems like a lot of these people believe in God. Um, hard to find compassion for this man. There were worse ones, but I didn't want to go through it all. Uh, the funny thing is, is that I guarantee you, kind of like when people hate on Fox News, and there's a lot to not like about Fox News. I, th- I think that they're too politically correct. Uh, I think that most people on there aren't really conservative. Um or they're this new conservative, like conservative Inc. They're, a lot of them are remnants of the Bush era, who I don't like. And uh, pretty pretty out of touch with, with America First and all that. So there's a lot to not like about Fox News. But typically the people who hate on Fox News the most, they've never watched any of it. They've seen clips taken out of context so that's kind of this whole thing with Rush Limbaugh too these are people who have never listened to his show and you know how I know that I have never listened to his show I have no opinion on Rush Limbaugh I'm sure he's really good at his job he's been doing it for 30 years he has a, a loyal large fan base uh, but I, I have no opinion on him because I've never really listened to an ep- one episode I've never listened to a full episode I've seen little clips here and there but I can't have an opinion on someone that I've never heard. By the way, that doesn't mean that... I mean, I don't wish cancer or anything on anyone. I don't... I think Obama was one of the worst presidents in history, but I would never wish him death, wish him cancer or anything like that. That is deranged behavior. Not once when Obama was president did I say, not my president. I never said that. I just didn't like him. Go go do go on my Twitter. I've never said anything like that. So again, with all this virtue signaling, it's kind of cute when uh when something like uh there was a, a terrorist attack a few days ago in uh the UK. I I don't think that the guy g- killed anyone. But uh, he had a suicide vest on. The cops shot him dead. There's some videos going around on Twitter. You can kind of see the guy bleeding out. And uh, and uh, and he's a Muslim. They released his, his name and his picture. The guy was in prison, and they let him go early. The guy was in prison for like 13 other attempts at this stuff. And they let him out early. Because that's the future of the United States is what is happening in the UK right now. It's clown country. It's not real. The laws are fake. They're made to um, silence white people or uh, citizens and prop up people who don't belong there, like the millions of Muslims they've let in, who build their own cities within cities and you can't go there, and who hate the people who have let them in. So this one girl, obviously with colored hair, obviously with a stupid haircut and pink and orange hair, said, if I see one Islamophobic or xenophobic comment on my timeline after the news of this terrorist attack, I will be blocking you as fast as I fucking can. A single man stabbing people does not mean you can attack an entire religion and all its people. Yes, it does. Because it's it, it's um, it's a pattern that is happening over and over and over and over again. And it's not just that one guy. This happens all the time now. And she goes on to say, and to my Muslim followers and friends, I can only, I guarantee you she doesn't have any Muslim friends. And to my Muslim followers and friends, I can only apologize for the ignorance demonstrated by people in the wake of these attacks. It is disgusting, and I'm sorry that we're not doing enough to stop it. None of this is your fault. You know what's funny is that this is uh, the attacks, the attacks, the so-called attacks on Muslims and, and, and people of... Uh, 
people who of Islamic faith. That is worse than the actual physical attacks, the actual terrorist attacks. That is worse. The so-called racism and xenophobia is worse, to, according to people like her, than the actual attacks. Which which reminds me of a famous Norm Macdonald joke. He he's done this many times, but this is a, a clip of him in uh, on Jerry Seinfeld's show, and he's talking about Bill Cosby. And this I immediately was reminded of uh of this joke it's kind of like when i was talking about last episode about the coronavirus and how uh people were mad that there were race there was racism against chinese and that's the worst thing to come of it not the deaths and the pandemic but the racism so norm mcdonald said it best hold on Oswald, he told me, I think the worst part of the Cosby thing was the hypocrisy. And I disagreed. You disagree with that? Yeah. I thought it was the raping. <laughs> there you go. That's the best way to put it. And um, let's end that there. Let's end that there. That, that you know, Let's end this podcast. But actually, I, I asked for some... Um, oh, I missed a whole thing. It's okay. Let me see if there's any questions. Uh, why do people not like Disney? I don't know. I would actually disagree with you. There's many grown-ups who love Disney, and I think they're all degenerates. Imagine imagine subscribing to Disney+. Plus. Imagine going to Disney without kids, and you just go. You're an adult, and you go to Disney. That's really weird behavior. How do you feel about art school and its effects on careers in art? Uh, I think most school, and especially art school, is a scam. If you're an artist, you are an artist. Uh, I don't think the famous artists ever went to school. I think they just were talented. Also get another female guest. That one where you had one was entertaining. I've had quite a few. I don't know which one specifically you're talking about. How is the Bible important to society? I don't know because I don't, I'm not well versed in the the Bible or any Bibles, but I do know that the older I've gotten, the more I've come up to appreciate religion especially Judeo-Christianity. What's the least favorite job you've worked? Well, I kind of just realized that most of the jobs I've ever had were within my family or something I kind of started but didn't work out. So, I don't know. I kind of was the manager of one of our retail stores. I didn't like that. So, I don't really know. Uh, Was the halftime show only good because of J-Lo and Shakir? It wasn't good. It wasn't good. Um, let me read some more. Why is Detroit so bad? Because it's been ran by Democrats for the past 60 years. Exclusively by Democrats in the past 60 years. Uh, what's the deal with Lizzo? Thoughts? Uh, she's fat and retarded. Uh, the caucuses. Listen to the beginning of the podcast. Gays. Well, my thing with gays is they used to be cool. But then it became a religion. And it became a uh, political affiliation. So it's not really sexuality. It has nothing to do with sexuality anymore. It's purely a religious and political party. So actually, there was um, a video logo released, which is like some the gay network or whatever. And it's uh, Billy Porter. You know, the guy that goes to all those award shows in half suit, half dress, the black guy. So he's giving it's a seven minute video where he's giving a state of the union address. Reflecting on the past year and looking ahead of the LGBTQ plus community. It's not a community. Um, so I, I tweeted, I retweeted and I said, uh, being gay is akin to being a part of a religion. This is what happens when the masses abandon traditional faiths. They create new ones, more powerful and more and oppressive than the ones they left behind. And it is because people can get fired for having the wrong opinions and so on. Uh, and what? Uh, this question doesn't make sense. Are Asians the master race? Well, maybe. I'd just I'd say Asian Americans. I wouldn't say the Chinese <laughs> or something like that. The Japanese too. They they the Japanese are pretty cool. The only problem with the Japanese is they're they're not having babies. But other than that, they're really awesome. I like the Japanese. So, yes, I think they are the master race. Um, 
And the last one is, how did leftists take over everything in today's culture? Well, it goes back to the critical thinkers, the critical theorists uh, that came here from Europe in the 1920s. They started embedding themselves in the universities and embedding their their uh, woke politics slowly. It took a long time. So slowly but surely, they their politics started reigning supreme in universities. Universities started to become more about politics than than learning and uh and then that's where they radicalized kids and 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 so on and also they they pretty much took over all of the educational system not only universities they uh they took over the entertainment industries they took over tech they took over media that's kind of how but it started off with the critical theorists in the 20s coming here, not liking the United States. They actually hated the United States. They hated everything the United States was about. And, uh, yeah. I mean, I've done whole rants about that. Maybe it's, t- it's time for another one. But you know what? For now, that is Sadcast episode 87. I am Sadwater. Here's a song. I love you. Bye.